Large language models, more commonly known as LLMs, are the backbone that make artificial intelligence so intelligent. And they're seemingly everywhere. Some, however, stand out more than others. That's the case for Med42, a new clinical generative AI LLM designed to serve as an assistant to physicians, patients, nursing staff, and other health professionals. Back in October, Abu Dhabi's Department of Health began assisting with the eventual implementation of the new LLM across the Emirates' healthcare ecosystem. It was created by M42, Abu Dhabi's technology-enabled healthcare company. But what is M42's hope for the large language model? We spoke with Shadab Khan, M42's head of AI and applied sciences. This is Business Extra Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Combs, future editor at The National. We are joined by Dr. Shadab Khan, the director of AI and applied sciences at M42. First off, M42's new LLM, large language model, Med42, what is it and what does it do? Hi, Cody. So that's a great question. Med42 is a new clinical large language model. It's a state-of-the-art autoregressive large language model, and it's been designed to serve as, a, as an assistant to patients, physicians, nursing staff, and other healthcare professionals. The idea is, uh, as a patient, you've walked out of hospitals holding a lab report, and you look at some of the clinical terms and medical jargon, and you're wondering, what does it mean? And more importantly, was it, what does it mean for my healthcare? And how should I interpret my, my own results? And we think Med42 will be a great companion to patients in such situations where they can ask general healthcare questions and get high quality answers. Likewise, we hope Med42 will deliver insights in the order of seconds to physicians at point of care to help them with provide better care to the patients that they see. And help them reduce some of the administrative workload and burden that they often feel, uh, which ends up being exhausting. So currently, who can use this? Like right now, I can go on the computer or my iPhone and log on to ChatGPT. Can the layperson get this yet, or is this just for doctors in a testing phase? So Med42 will be made available to patients in the time ahead. We have that in our roadmap. It's a very important uh, release plan for us. That said, we have been a caregiving organization for the past 15 years, and we do prioritize the safety of patient data and accuracy of the medical insights that our model delivers. Therefore, the immediate next step for us is to run research studies to assess models, uh, output safety, reliability, assess for presence of any bias or harmful content, and once we're satisfied that it's uh, safe for application and this highly regulated field of healthcare, we'd be able to offer it to the patients and other individuals in our in our network. It was recently announced that the Department of Health Abu Dhabi was going to be integrating it. What sort of results have you seen so far from that, if any? Or, and what are the doctors and medical professionals telling you? So with the Department of Health, we've signed a memorandum of understanding to work with them jointly to ensure that the model is again fit for purpose. As I mentioned, we do prioritize safety over speed to market. So that's our focus and we are joined by DOH in that initiative. Eventually, we do plan to integrate this as part of a health information exchange called Malafi, which is essentially a central repository where all the hospitals in Abu Dhabi report patient data sets. So regardless of which hospital you go to, 
your data set is available to the treating physician who's who's treating you so the met 42 model would be made available with malafi so that the physicians can query for insights rather than for querying for data and uh, having to do the administrative tasks themselves what most excites you about this as a patient you're a patient i'm a patient but what most excites you that's a great question so what i find personally most exciting is that we can use models like met 42 to provide high quality answers to healthcare questions and um this is this is really important in resource low resource settings or resource denied environments where access to physicians or other trained medical professionals can be difficult we also see that with the help of met 42 physicians who don't have advanced medical training or specialized medical training may be able to offer care to the patients who need that uh, specialist knowledge assisted by the artificial intelligence uh, models like met 42 you hear the word llm get thrown around i swear at least 12 times a day sure large language models some of our listeners might know what that means but to the listeners that don't know what that means in a nutshell what is a large language model so think of large language model essentially as a box you throw in a lot of text data into that box and then the box forms an understanding of what the structure of the data set is it uses the frequency of the words that it has seen before to mimic uh, writing natural text by itself and this happens when you provide just the right prompt to the model and uh, that's in a nutshell how the large language models work and a lot of times what we see is i remember one day i just it was a tweet or something that was out there that said oh my gosh you have to try this chat gpt's now available and it's just out there and it takes off like a rocket and these things don't just happen in a vacuum they take years take months can you take me through what the development process was like for this sure we started working on met 42 at some point in july we wanted to build this model so that we have something that we can deploy on premise in our hospital network and that's very important for us to ensure that the any healthcare information that we want to process through the model can be done in the within the safety perimeter of a hospital's IT network and does not need to be uploaded to a cloud which is located outside of UAE as we all know chatgpt is owned by openai which is an american company and their data centers are running in america and uh, we wanted to avoid that situation where we have reliant on a solution that's outside of our control of our observability zone with the intent of uh, being able to provide access to such a high quality ai in a safe environment for healthcare applications we started in july we put together a specialist curated dataset fit for healthcare use which was then used to uh, build our met 42 model and we had uh, the results that we wanted to achieve at some point in september the result that we were aiming for was uh, to achieve at least a passing score in a us medical licensing exam it's an exam that's taken by everyone who wants to start residency in the us following their medical education and the passing score is approximately 
Previously, this was a feat that had not been achieved by any of the open access clinical large language models worldwide. And we just wanted to demonstrate that there would be open access alternatives to closed models like ChatGPT, which can still achieve these high quality scores on exams like USMLE and therefore uh, offer alternatives to models like ChatGPT. I'm glad to share with you that we ended up not only passing the accuracy score of 60% and being the first model in the world to do so, we ended up at 72% accuracy on the US medical licensing exam. But we're not stopping at the quantitative benchmarks or as I mentioned, we take safety very seriously. And so that's our immediate next focus to make sure that the model is not only good at questions of the kind you'll see in an exam, but also delivers value in the real world to our physicians and patients while being uh, safe and fit for purpose in healthcare. So forgive me for circling back, just so I understand, this thing passed a medical exam. It passed a sample exam that USMLE provides on their website, yes. What was your reaction when it did that, and for that matter, the developers? It's got to be a sense of accomplishment. I mean, that's what you're aiming for, of course. Right. I mean, maybe you weren't surprised, but that to, to the layperson, that's going to surprise some people. Well, it was a real proud moment for us. We've been, I've been working in Abu Dhabi for the past five years, and I came to the country with ambition to do something big and bold and something that can make a difference. It's why we work in healthcare. It's why we do the work we do. But it was a real moment of proud for us when we not only achieved the milestone we wanted to hit of passing the achieving the passing score, but actually surpassing it by quite quite a margin. The entire team was extremely proud, but at the same time, we were also grounded in the fact that achieving a score on an exam is one thing, delivering actual value to our end users is quite another. So that's the next step of the project that we're really committed to and excited about. Talk a little bit more about that next step, because it's really interesting. This thing is going to be introduced to, I assume, doctors, physicians, things to that effect. We're planning to assess models, safety, reliability, and uh, bias in its outputs. The One of the ways in which we're going to do this is by looking at the bias towards different demographic factors, such as gender, ethnicity, race, and so on. We'll then also, along with our team of expert physicians in the M42 network work on assessing the model's outputs to a range of uh, general healthcare questions that our patients might ask of the model, right? And these might range from things like, hey, I have this X, Y, and Z symptom. What does it mean? Um, I'm taking this medication and I have this uh, allergic reaction. Could this be related to the medicine that I'm taking? among others, right? In these instances, it's important to make sure that the model doesn't produce an output that could end up harming the patient. So we're designing a questionnaire that we will run through the model and assess its safety by the expert uh, physicians. So after the safety and bias and uh, reliability has been established, the next phase would be actual real-world use cases for uh, for our physicians, for our treating physicians, doctors in our network, some of the use cases we're looking at is summarizing the patient's history. So say a diabetic person walks into a clinic. They've been in your system for past five years. There's a lot of data that uh, one would need to go through to really know their medical history. But if I can summarize all of that information in a, in a short paragraph, uh, structured with different sections, 
like uh, notes of interest observations of interest any recent lab results of interest that the doctor should pay attention to then that would not only reduce the cognitive burden on the physician to get a bird's eye view of a patient's medical history but it would also save them quite an important amount of time from the order of tens of minutes down to a few seconds to review what the patient's history looks like because typically the EMRs or the electronic medical record softwares that the doctors use tend to be very clunky requiring a lot of clicks and page views so we can short circuit all of that with this uh, LLM generated summary of the patient history now in evaluating such a use case we obviously have to assess if the summary is accurate if it is complete if it ca captures all the important insights that a physician might want to pay attention to at the same time it doesn't include extraneous details that may not be important for delivering the care so in this way we are designing very use case specific tests for the models and the research studies to go with those tests and at the end of which we'll conclude whether the model has been found fit for that particular use case or not if it is found fit then we'll hopefully go to production and launch is this in english arabic any other languages the model understands uh, english very well uh, that's the let's say the native language for the model so to speak it does understand other languages to different degrees you can ask it a question in arabic and other european languages that one some of our colleagues have tried in and its performance varies it was not designed to be an arabic or let's say german or polish uh, language model so while it can understand your question it will still respond in english if you force it to it will produce some responses in other languages but we have not verified if that's reliable arabic capability is an important uh, feature on our roadmap that's uh, coming shortly we would be remiss if we didn't speak about some of the inevitable concerns that people have about ai ranging from data security to national security to potential economic disruption from potential job losses what do you say to those that are very skeptical about having a large language model involved in the medical field i'd say their concerns are justified kodi and we don't shy away from that in fact it's precisely why we want to ensure that the model is safe and fit for healthcare before we launch it as we as i mentioned before m42 has been a caregiving organization for the past 15 years so we take the data safety and patient safety very seriously one of the reasons we built med42 as i mentioned was to make sure that we can continue to uh, maintain the same safety standards that we currently have today where we ensure that the patient data remains encrypted it remains available only to the authorized users such as their treating physicians among others and whoever else has consent from the patients to view their data sets by making sure that med42 can be deployed on premise on local cloud or clouds located within the boundaries of uae we hope to offer industry leading security for uh, patients within the hospital networks that m42 oversees we do operate now in 27 different countries across four different continents and some of these are in the european union where quite strict gdpr laws apply for handling patient data and med42 was designed to be um, a model with global operation and reach in mind so we have factored those uh, issues in 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 our approach to building and deploying med42 
what do you think the biggest misconception is people have about these AI models or this AI technology when applied to medical care? Are some of the fears not, what I want to say, are they blown out of proportion? Are they uh, not going to be realized? I mean, you guys are obviously taking tremendous safety steps with this. I, I wouldn't say the fears are um, necessarily unjustified. I think individuals respond to information that's available to them. And one of the things we hope to achieve with MET42 is provide the right, high-quality, vetted information uh, to individuals and users in our network to so that they can hopefully form uh, an informed opinion on uh, what this means for their care. I do think that uh, some of the factors with AI, such as, uh, you know, it can become real and start harming humans, are probably a bit far-fetched the way they are being portrayed in popular media. But uh, I, th I think uh, all of us have responsibility to ensure that we educate ourselves through the right sources of information to, to have an opinion. And we hope to do our bit with the model that we've created. Is it accurate to say that this is not going to be replacing doctors anytime soon? Oh, absolutely. We did not design it to replace doctors anytime soon. MET42 takes a safety-first approach, and um, I'm happy to show you some demos um, as we speak, where you'll notice that if you start asking for the model to prescribe you something, it will offer instead a general response and then refer you to an actual trained care professional so that uh, they can attend to you, right? Um, and we don't envision MET42 offering medical uh, advice beyond what's available through, let's say, over-the-counter sources, right? Uh, and that's by design. Is there anything about this I'm not asking that you want people to know? Yes, I think it's very important for us to understand that as end users of healthcare, our care needs to be uh, in our hands as well, in addition to obviously our treating teams, treating physicians and uh, healthcare staff members. And I think it's very important that uh, as uh, as individuals, we take uh, responsibility for, for our health, for our care. And we hope that with uh, MED42 model, we'll be several steps closer to being in that environment where we, where we treat our care as a shared responsibility between us and our treating physicians. MED42 will enable that by being a bridge through which individuals can understand their own health records much better, get personalized advice on different things like exercise, nutrition, and so on, but also get reminders on when they need to see a physician, when they need to, let's say, take certain actions to be able to achieve their desired health goals. Was this tested on a supercomputer? Did I read that correctly? The model was indeed trained on one of the world's uh, most powerful AI supercomputer built by Cerebras and owned by Core42, which is a G, another G42 sister company to us. We work very closely in partnership with uh, Core42 and Cerebras to access this supercomputer for the purpose of training MET42. And it was quite an integral piece in ensuring that we were able to hit our milestones on, on time. Access to that kind of supercomputer is um, is still difficult to, to get. And for that, I think we were very fortunate to be uh, in, in the right environment to, to have that. What was that like? I don't think people are adequately grasp these supercomputers because they're almost a throwback to the computers that you see photos of in the 1950s and whatnot. These are huge 
This isn't just right. zero or one. These are supercomputers. Right. So, I mean, that had to be an experience in and of itself. That's true. Although I have to remark that the team at Cerebras did an excellent job of abstracting the complexity of running a supercomputer away from us. So for us, it was like working on any other simple computer, right? You, We wrote our programs, we uploaded the programs and the data set on the supercomputer and then the Cerebras team helped us execute our code base. And uh, with their support, I think it was uh, it was really easy and straightforward. In fact, the whole model training was done end-to-end within only five days, which typically would have taken us uh, more than a month or two on other equivalent uh, GPU-based hardwares. It's quite a lot of time saved. You might have touched on this already, but take us through a quick timeline, if you can, where you see this going in the months and years ahead, this particular product. Right. Our immediate priority is to assess models' safety, reliability, and uh, bias uh, aspects. This would we we hope to work on this for the next four to six months. Following that, and overlapping with this period, we will also start assessing models' utility in real-world performance use cases for patients, physicians, nursing staff members, and other healthcare professionals. And we'll, ha- we'll hope to be able to sh- share more with you on our release timeline somewhere closer to the release itself. Dr. Shadabkad, thanks very much for joining us. Thank you, Cody. It was a pleasure being here with you. That's it for this episode of Business Extra. Please remember to follow us wherever you get your podcast to receive all our updates as soon as they come out. This episode was produced by Doa Farid, Arthur Edison, and Phil Green. I'm your host, Cody Combs. <laughs>